Merchant Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Virtual Reality Church. Welcome to our virtual church. Is there some type of way for a virtual congregation? You're not a congregation if you don't congregate. When you combine this access with the loss of the local, I become my own confession and I go around the World Wide Web listening for echoes that say back to me what I've already decided to believe. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. We like to call it Witness Wednesday around here at Wretched Radio. Hello, I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd and team are out on the campus at Kennesaw State University this week, and we are not going to waste a ton of time listening to me. Nope, we're going to get out to the campus now and see what Todd or who Todd has been able to rustle up. This is Wretched Radio. Don't know about you, but I haven't been to Vietnam, but I sure am curious. So, Yen, you're going to be my travel guide today. You are not from Vietnam, but that's your ancestry, correct? Yeah. And you've been back to Vietnam. Yes. Right. Tell me the best thing about that country. Honestly, the food. I'm really fixated on that. Maybe it's because I haven't had lunch yet, but I think the food's really good. It's really cheap. I'll Google that. All right. Tell me about the religion of Vietnam. What is the predominant faith of the people there? Uh, it's like pretty half and half between uh, Christianity and Buddhism. That actually makes sense, though. Yeah, it is. Because the French came and occupied Vietnam for a long time. So a lot of people converted to Christianity. Probably Roman Catholic, if I had to guess. Yeah, right. that's true. Because yeah, like, there's a lot of cathedrals in yeah. like Saigon and like the big cities. Yeah. It's really pretty. Yeah, because for the most part, France is a Roman Catholic dominated country. So it makes sense. Are you either Catholic or Buddhist? No, I'm not very religious. I wasn't, my, I was never like, my parents aren't very religious. I think that I believe in like a higher power, but I would say that like, if I had to define it, that I would be like agnostic. Yeah. So you just don't know. Yeah. Why do you think there's a higher power? You know, I really don't know. I just feel like there's something behind all this. I feel like it's not up to to me to like really define like what God is, in my opinion. I don't think that like I can concretely say that like I could I could predict or like ever figure out or come to a conclusion to what the afterlife looks like. I believe that something is there. Tell me if you think this is logical. Would you agree that when you see a piece of art in some way, shape or form, it tells us about the artist? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, just for fun, let's take a look at the world and let's just see if we can use our reason machines for a moment. Just like I know that there is a microphone maker, even though I've never been to the microphone factory, I see the results. I look out and I see the trees and the bees and the clouds and everything that is moving and not moving. And I go, wow, it's really intricately designed. There must be a designer. Fair enough. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Let's keep going. Who do you think on the planet is the highest form of being? The most intelligent, the most creative, the one most powerful? I don't know. That's such a loaded question. I feel like it would have to it would depend on your perspective, I guess, because I think everyone else has like a different opinion on like what they believe is like like the highest, most fulfilling way of like living or something like that. I mean, objective. I'm not, I'm not talking about how we live. I'm just saying 
I think human beings are probably like the smartest, yeah. you know. Yeah, okay. So now let's take a look at human beings and see if we can learn something about the creator who made people. We see justice. We've got courts, we've got laws, we've got police. I think there's a reason for it because God is just. So if we have justice, he must have justice because we wouldn't have something that the creator doesn't have. We communicate, so I intuit, he communicates. We love, so he must have that emotion, if you will. He's creative because look at how creative this place is. Beauty beyond comparison. So he must be creative, must be powerful. So I can intuit by studying us what our maker is like. Fair enough? Mm, I don't know. I don't think that the laws of like the earth and of man, like the society that we've created necessarily applies to a higher power or anything like well, that. Well, I, I, I agree about our laws, tax codes and all of those things. I'm just saying we wouldn't have more than what our maker has. So if we communicate, we're in relationships. He must be relational. He must be communicative. He must be loving. He must like justice. Otherwise, we wouldn't have something the creator doesn't. So if I then conclude, those are some of the attributes of God. Powerful, creative, loving, relational, communicative, just. Then I've got some criteria to figure out who that God is. I think you could say that. I think that's... No, I, I can see where you're going with that. So let's say that we took a look at the world religions that exist. Is there one that describes God in the way that we observe reality? Is there one world religion that describes God the way that we view reality? Or I'll even say, do all of them? Do all of them? Yeah, they do. Because it's all just like, it's different interpretations of reality. All right, let me, let me try to present to you what I personally think identifies the creator based on our identifying what his attributes must be like. Okay. So I'm as a Christian, I believe that God is the creator. He made everything. He made you. He designed you. Everything about you. That was his handiwork. And he created the entire universe. And I can intuit that he's just. Remember, we said God must be just. Well, this God is just, so the Bible checks that box. And therefore, he must punish crimes. So the Bible says that God's going to have a day in court with everybody. And he's going to open up the books that he's been recording about your life to see if you've broken any of his laws, any of his rules. So laws like lying, stealing, and lusting, and cheating, and being racist or sexist, being cruel to people. He's going to open up the books because he knows everything that we've ever done. God sees it all, knows it all, opens up the book. And if God is just, again, what do you think he would do with you on your day of judgment? Would he reward you or would he punish you? It's an interesting question. I think, I do think that you no, know, very recently I had an experience where I had to I had to face myself, and I really thought about um, you know me as a man, and like me as like the impact that I've had on people recently and like in my life. And I think I do think for the most part that you know I've controlled what I what I can control. I think for the most part, like I've always I've always tried my best to make a positive impact in people's life, and I've done that. Like I've sacrificed a lot. So I mean, 
not to, I don't want to, I'm not, not to like talk about myself, but I think, I think I'd be rewarding. So you'd think you're a pretty good person. I would say so. Yeah. So let's just go through those laws and see if that's true. Cause it doesn't matter what I think about me. The question is, what does the judge think? The criminal doesn't have any say. The judge does. All right. How many lies do you think you've told in your life yet? How many lies have I told in my life? Like any lies, period. Like including like little white lies and things like that. Well, I'm not sure lies have color. If the if the idea is to deceive somebody, probably for the sake of making myself look better or saving myself some pain, it's just not telling the truth, even fully disclosing information that you know the person desires. So anything crooked from the truth would be a lie. Have you done that? Of course. Probably. If I really had to put a guesstimate on it, I mean, I don't think there's any way to really like accurately measure how many lies I've told. But I mean, I mean, if we're being honest here, like including like anything, like even like little white lies, and I've told hundreds of lies in my life. That's a lot of violations of God's laws. Stolen anything. I've stolen a few times as a child. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, again, me too. All right. So this one gets a little more probing. All right. In Christianity, Jesus Christ, he's the central figure. Hence the name Christianity, Jesus Christ. He said, you've heard it said, thou shall not commit adultery, which is being intimate with somebody outside of marriage. Then Jesus said, but I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Yen, would you be innocent or guilty of breaking that law? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Me too. All right. Ever taken God's name in vain? Uh, elaborate. Uh, OMG, using the name of Jesus Christ because you're disgusted. No. Never done that. That's rare because that's like common language these days. I wouldn't say that that's a testament to my character. It's just not an expression that, that you use. I use. Fair enough. All right. Honoring father and mother. Did you always do that perfectly or were there times you were naughty? <laughs> yeah, there's been, there's, been times, there's been times where I was a bit naughty, but I think like a big development in my last few years as just growing up as a young adult was like really appreciating uh, what they've done for me and like realizing like why why they did what they did and i don't hold any resentment towards towards them at all i, I love my they've given me every, how old are you yeah 21 i just turned 21 on saturday kind of happy birthday because i'll tell you what most people don't learn what you've learned about your parents usually till they get married have children and then start to realize huh maybe they kind of knew some stuff so good on you for recognizing that early that will serve you well okay and stop yes yes i know i'm messing absolutely everything up but in, in fairness i do try to find the natural breaks in the conversation and don just never gives them to me so then i wait and i wait and i wait until i cannot wait anymore and i'm running out of time and do have to take a break and so i am breaking up a perfectly good chat to take an extremely important break that we do have to take so hang tight don't go anywhere we will be right back with more witness wednesday next on wretched radio Okay, so imagine that you're inside of a maze and every corner that you take, there's another wall, there's another obstacle. 
and you finally get to the point of frustration where you think you're never going to get out. But then imagine a different scenario. You're still inside that maze, but every corner you take is a guide who has a flashlight and is saying, nope, that's the right way to go. And in that scenario, we welcome you to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. And whether you've listened or not, you'll realize really quickly it's not your everyday radio show. Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford takes issues that many, if not all of us, struggle with, and it matches them up to hope and healing through the pages of the Bible. It is genuinely an entirely new perspective. New episodes drop every Saturday morning in your favorite podcast spot or at transformed.org slash podcast transformed with dr greg gifford i believe in a culture of life one of the most impactful moments of my life was when i heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids the sonogram or the the pictures that are taken of babies still a profoundly helpful tool which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting preborn ministries preborn ministries and their network clinics they are giving away free ultrasounds to women but they do cost something it's 28 dollars an ultrasound and just as you heard governor DeSantis say his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat would you please consider supporting preborn it's a great ministry of life it has a high anthropology shares the gospel with women and with the dads preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched i would say the tomorrow clubs is a wonderful ministry kids are getting saved like crazy not just in eastern europe but also in africa and it's so efficient i was just with paul and cindy marty and i asked and it said in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's, it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Important dates in Christian history. 1054. Tensions between the East and the West had been brewing for centuries. But when negotiations between Rome and Constantinople went sour, both sides excommunicated each other, and the divide between Catholicism and Orthodoxy remains to this day. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back. It's Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Now, when I just took that supernatural and not awkward break just a moment ago, Todd and Yen were chatting about the law. And Todd, since you did not give me a natural place to break anywhere there, I'm going to need you to summarize where we were and catch everybody back up. All right. Here's where we're at. We're opening up the books on Yen's life. God knows that you've lied. He actually does know the number. He knows the number of times you've lusted, stolen things, dishonored parents. He knows it all. So if the books get opened up on you on the day that you meet your maker, 
and he judges you, would he say Yen is innocent or guilty? I've got crimes. Everybody's got crimes. No argument. So if God is just, should God reward you or should he punish you? I still think that he should reward me, but that's coming from my point of view. I would completely understand from a Christian point of view if the answer of the judgment would be different. I don't believe that. I don't know. I just feel like man was made to sin. You know, that's the point of man. Men are imperfect creatures. Everybody's going to commit crimes. And like, of course, like that doesn't mean saying that doesn't mean that you can just is a cop out for committing any crimes and all crimes. But I think the positive things and the sacrifice you made also have to be considered when you're because it's a scale. You have to weigh, in my opinion, the sins that you've done with the good that you've done. Well, the scale system we tend to like because we tend to favor our performance and how we've done. But let's just bring that into a courtroom criminal is guilty. The judge knows it. The evidence is is in and it's clear. He's a guilty criminal, but he says, your honor, there were a lot of times I went to Dollar Tree and I didn't take candy. And there were times when I actually gave some kids my candy. The judge would say, really doesn't have anything to do with your case. You broke the law. You've got to pay the fine because that's what justice demands. So would God, if he's not going to use a balance system, it's going to be a purely just rendering of your innocence or guilt. If he knows that you're guilty, wouldn't it be reasonable for the creator to send us, if you will, to jail, just like we send people to jail here? Wouldn't that be the right thing for him to do? I guess that's the conclusion that this frame of logic is coming to. I also said that we know that God must be loving because we're, we love. So he must possess that attribute also. So God is loving and he's merciful and he's kind and he's patient and he's forgiving and he loves to forgive guilty criminals and set them free. But there's a problem. Justice demands payment for the crimes that have been committed. So here's the Christian story. We break God's laws. We cannot have our slates wiped clean by good deeds because we have violated his standards of justice. But God is rich in mercy. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, born as a baby. That's Christmas celebration. Lived a perfect life, never dishonored his parents, never told a lie, white or otherwise, never lusted, always did what was right. Then he wasn't a victim. He marched to a cross where the Romans brutalized him, whipping, punching him in the face, Bible actually says he was so disfigured, you couldn't even tell he was a human being. He took a thrashing, went to a cross, had his hands and feet pierced to a tree where he gasped for breath until he suffocated and died. That wasn't just a tragic story. There was something behind it. That was God's plan to execute justice and forgive criminals like you and me. Jesus Christ was taking the punishment that you and I deserve upon himself so that you and I could be forgiven and God could remain just. So that is how God satisfies justice and he's able to forgive because your debt has been paid for you on behalf of God. Then it goes a step further. Not only can your slate be wiped clean, past, present, future, All of the good stuff that Jesus did, 
he gives you credit for that too. So you're not just forgiven. God sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ. So everything that he got credit for, he just gives to you. It's like he studied and got an A and he gives you the grade when you didn't do a thing. That's how good God is. And that is how he can be loving, just, forgiving, merciful. And he's communicated that information to us in a little book called the Bible that tells us an accurate recalling of history and what happened, that Jesus Christ died for sinners. That's the Christian way of putting all of this reality that we observe together. So now here's the big question. Yeah. Is that true? Everything that I just shared to you about Christianity, is it true or do you believe it's false? You know, I really love the story of the Bible and lessons it teaches us. And I believe that Jesus was a man, did a lot of good in his life and did things. But, you know, just as somebody who you know, hasn't been brought up, you know, in that circle of life, it's, it's difficult when you haven't believed it or you don't have like a strong faith in God to believe in those types of miracles. It hasn't, it hasn't manifested in my life yet. So I'll respectfully say that, no, I don't. Fair enough. But wow, that's, <laughs> it's kind of refreshing because most people in their twenties would say, that's just your truth, dude. I believe a different truth, but you're willing to go, no, I just don't think it's right. That's, I actually find that admirable. All right. So I know you didn't grow up in it. What reason would you have to reject it as being true? What reason would I have to reject it for being true? Um, I think, I think like a big objection that I have in my mind, and you were speaking about it earlier about, you know, God being just. And I think for the most part, people, you know, people are, are punished, you know, in this world just through like natural circumstances in life for, for being wicked, for being exceptionally bad. But, you know, I think it's, it's not always the case, you know, I you know from what I've seen, you know, life isn't always fair. Sometimes people seem to get punished, get dealt, you know, incredibly bad circumstances. And I don't know the reason. I don't know the, I don't know the lesson that there is to be learned and, and, you know, in all of the suffering that happens in the world. So sometimes, you know, through some tragedies that I've seen, I, it just make, it makes me question God because I think, why would he do that? There's an answer to that. It's a little different than Buddhism because clearly there is suffering. So how is that going to be dealt with? Is it going to somehow resolve itself or disappear as I lose my desires? Or is God going to use suffering, bad things that people do to one another for a grander purpose? The Bible would say that have you ever been to a jewelry store to shop for like diamonds? No. It's coming. <laughs> you're you're going to learn about clarity and cut and quality and all that stuff. All right. But typically in a jewelry store, they would put down a black cloth and put the diamond on it. Do you know why they do that when they're trying to sell it to a customer? So that it looks more shiny? Looks more shiny. Looks more brilliant. That's what evil is. It's a black backdrop to God's goodness that God is going to settle every score. He's going to deal with every wrong that has been committed. And he is going to be seen as just 
and amazing because he solves our evil problem. That's the Christian explanation for it. So there's some justice involved. And it's interesting. I don't know if you know the statistic. You know, the, the murders when guys kill people, typically women, but half of them go unsolved. Half of them go unsolved. You know that. You're kind of creepy. Yeah, that is right? God's going to solve them. Okay? He's going to deal with them. And that person is going to get exactly what they deserve or Jesus will have received everything that they deserved if they will turn and put their trust in Jesus Christ. So that's 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 what Christianity is about. The love of God expressed through his son Jesus Christ to die for guilty sinners like you and me. That's Christianity. So, Yen, you're a thoughtful guy. Maybe something for you to ponder today. Maybe something you haven't thought about, maybe ever before. But the Christian gospel offers you forgiveness, righteousness, adoption into God's family, and a guarantee of everlasting life. Not because of what you did. You didn't tip the scales. Jesus did. And then you chase after him because, wow, a God that would actually die to save me, uh, he's he's worth it. So something for you to ponder today, perhaps. Hmm? Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely give it some thought. I appreciate the conversation we've had today. And I definitely, yeah, I, I've taken a lot from it. I know I tend to sound like a broken record most of the time around here, but let's all be in prayer for Yen. His plight really isn't unique. There are probably more people than you realize in his very situation. Those that are raised in a faith, a specific faith like Buddhism, and though they don't even practice it, they refuse to consider anything else especially something that would save their very eternity. But they need the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and that only comes through the hearing of the gospel. So let's all pray that God will continue to send more people to share the gospel with Yen. And hold on, because we do have much more Witness Wednesday to come. This is Wretched Radio. of the Bible. Lamentations is a book of poems written by Jeremiah after the fall of Jerusalem. They are marked by weeping, woes, and affliction. But even in sorrow, Jeremiah praises God. He proclaims God's justice, cries out to God for mercy, and confesses his faith in God. Lamentations teaches us a godly way to express sorrow and grow in the midst of loss. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd and the team are out on the campus of Kennesaw State University this week, and we are going to get right back to it now. This is Wretched Radio. We're going to church. Dude, your last name is Church. It's Church. It's right. Church. Has that caused any problems for you? 100%. My parents were going to name me Roman, so I was going to imagine searching up Roman Church. Well, it could have been worse. They could have called you Baptist. That would have been terrible. Right? That would be like a joke. I prefer Roman, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so they didn't name you Roman, but they, your your first name is Dylan. Your last name is Church. Are you a church-going sort of person? I used to, Yeah. Yeah. Grown up? Grown up, yeah. Grown up. But then you kind of got older and went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything in particular that caused you to go, I think I'm going to leave that stuff behind? Nothing in particular. I mean, I've always had like a big problem being like a stagnant Christian and everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
What's a stagnant Christian? Just someone who, who says they're Christian but doesn't do anything about it. Or a hypocrite. A hypocrite, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, so you went to church as a kid, right? Tell me, Mr. Church, as best you can, what was the major teaching of the church? Um, basically, Christ forgives, and like you're not good enough to go to heaven, but through his mercy, you're allowed to go to heaven. What kind of church did you go to? Um, so my mom's Catholic and my dad's Presbyterian. You went to the Presbyterian church more? Uh, yes, but I mean, sometimes I'd go with my mom to the Catholic, but I'm not Catholic. Because yeah. the Roman Catholic system that you're not named after <laughs> would teach you got to do stuff to get to heaven. A Presbyterian would say, nope, you can't earn it. Jesus Christ earned it on your behalf so that he can get all the credit and not you. That would be like a big difference, yes? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like the only true difference between a Catholic and Presbyterian is like the tradition of it. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of traditional stuff that you have to do in the Catholic Church compared to the Presbyterian. True, but I would also say though, theologically, like doctrinally, there's some pretty massive differences. But I'm not a Presbyterian yeah. or a Catholic, but I, the Roman Catholic system, uh, you have to go through the church to be saved. You have to practice the seven sacraments in order to have a hope of going to heaven. Um, they pray to Mary. They believe she's the co-redemptrix. They believe it in a place called purgatory. The Presbyterian would say, yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh, and all that purgatory. stuff. Yeah, I don't believe in purgatory. Um, another thing I do have like a problem with the Catholic Church is the water to wine. Uh, Transubstantiation. Yes, like they believe it. Like right. it actually means something, where it's like symbolic in the Presbyterian, which I believe too. But um, because yeah, it's clearly not flesh and blood, worried. It's bread it and wine. Basically, become flesh and blood. I don't think. I, I yeah. But, yeah, that's that's one of those sacraments, and it's there's another problem the Presbyterians would have, where they would say that the priest calls Jesus Christ down from heaven to be re-sacrificed again. The Presbyterian would go, no, one sacrifice. Yeah. You don't call Jesus down from heaven and he becomes body and blood again. That's been accomplished and done. So that would be another difference between Presbyterians and Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you have to earn your way to heaven. I, I've never really had that taught to me at the Catholic church I went to. It's like, you have to earn your way to heaven because no one can really earn their way to heaven. And I think they know that too. Well, I, I, I agree with that because well, I don't know you, but I know myself. Yeah. And I don't think that I have merited going to a great place. I have not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, but you're, so what I just picked up is that you said you're definitely haven't done stuff to go to a good place. So are you thinking you're going to a bad place? I think right now, yeah. Well, that's honest. Uh, yeah, definitely going to hell right now. But like, like I said, I'd rather be, uh, I'm trying to find like a word to, like a way to explain it. I'm really bad with communicating, but. I don't think you are, but go ahead. Okay. I think um, I, I would much rather say that I'm not Christian than say I'm Christian and do nothing about it. So that's that has some integrity to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to give up a lot of like sin. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it. Like I, I can't just say like I'm going to follow God, but I'm not going to give this up. Like it's not a compromise. I don't believe. All right, so Dylan, tell me, is this like a summary that you would say is fair or inappropriate? If God is one choice and sins are another choice, 
you're choosing sin over God. Is that a yes. fair summary? Yes. Do you believe that God exists? 100%. Do you believe Jesus is God? Yes. But you don't want to follow him because you prefer sinning more. I do want to follow him. I just, I can't and like clear conscious say like, I'm going to follow Jesus and then not do all this stuff. You ever study Greek mythology? A little bit, very little. I'm going to take you to Homer's Odyssey. Okay. This is ancient mytholo mythological literature. And the Odyssey is about a fellow named Odysseus, who was the leader who was on a ship passing by the island of Sirens. Do you know what a siren is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not the sirens we've been no, hearing, but not, yeah. they were half bird, half woman. They would sing and make beautiful music and they'd lure the sailors in and they'd crash on the rocks. Yeah. Right? So in order to make sure that his, his sailors did not get distracted by them and crash, he put beeswax into their ears and then he had them tie him to the mast of the ship. And that way when they passed by the island of sirens, they just yeah. got through it, right? All right. I remember reading about that. Good on you. Okay, another piece of Greek literature, not as popular or known, but it's a fellow named Orpheus. He's on a boat and he's passing by the island of Sirens. But he had a different approach. Instead of earwax and tying yourself up, he was a musician. So he played beautiful music, so beautiful that the sailors never heard the sirens. Because why would you listen and be attracted to the lesser when you've got the better thing? So it was two different approaches. I share that with you because I think that latter one, that Orpheus story, is maybe, just maybe, what you're missing in your putting your Christian thinking with your life together. You're, you're, you're listening to the sirens and you think that those are more pleasing than the voice of the Savior. So you, you go after them because you just think they're better. If it could be revealed that Jesus Christ is better than whatever sins you're thinking about right now, would that not be enough to compel you to give up those lesser things for the greater thing? Yes, I'd say yes, yes. So what is deficient in the attractiveness of Jesus Christ that you aren't seeing that is causing you to pursue the lesser thing? I don't know. You're super honest. That's really transparent. I Actually, it's refreshing because at least you're being really straightforward. All right, let me just see if maybe, maybe this might help tip the scales for you. Even though you said earlier that Jesus died for sinners, I just want to probe around in your conscience for a moment, maybe just to awaken something inside of you. And I suspect you know some of these things. Have you ever told lies in your life, Dylan? Oh, 100%, yeah. Stolen anything? Mm-hmm. Looked at a woman with lust? Yes. Taken God's name in vain? Yes. Dishonored your parents? Yes. Desired things that didn't belong to you? Yes. Have you failed to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Yes. Okay, I just walked you through about five, six commandments. 
I want you to imagine something. You're young, so I know this is super preposterous to you. The tree falls, we both die. You get ushered into the presence of God. And he's got a book with an Dillon church on it. And it's not a denomination, it's you. And he's seen everything that not only you've done in the light or in darkness, but even your thought life knows it all. It's a meticulous record of the things that you've done against God's laws. Would God render you innocent or guilty? Guilty. And what should God do with you? Throw me in hell. All right. So now I could try to scare you and say, you better believe in Jesus or you're going to hell. Okay. And that's true, but that's not what God is seeking. That That's a fear-filled convert. God wants tear-filled converts who realize, you know what, I have not been living in alignment with his will. I have been doing my own thing. I've done dirty things. I've looked at porn. I've slept around. I've done drugs. Whatever, the, whatever your rap sheet is, I've been pursuing the lesser thing. And stop. Yep, this time I know you're going to kill me. I am so sorry because this is a chat I did not want to break up. Anybody else find Dylan to be the most honest unbeliever you've ever heard? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But hang tight. We will be back with more Dylan and time because they're not done chatting just yet. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, being a part of the Wretched family without even realizing it, you have become an unofficial encourager. When you listen to and you share our posts on social media and YouTube, you're actually encouraging not just us, but the other people that you're in connection with. So you are an unofficial encourager. We want to talk about upgrading that role from encourager to actually a frontline partner. And so I'm inviting you to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Think about it. Imagine with your support we could reach not just millions, but gazillions. All right, maybe not gazillions, but a lot of souls all over the world with the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not in place in your life right now where you can do that, understand that we are still so appreciative of all of your encouragement. Wretched.org slash donate. That's where you'll find all of the answers to all of the questions that you possibly would ever have about becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world.
2024 is a crucial election year. The sanctity of life is at the forefront, and while we do celebrate the overturning of Roe, we cannot ignore the surge of pro-choice voices. They are persuasive, but we can and should be more convincing. We have to stand firm, not only in our beliefs, but also in the understanding of the gospel to change hearts and minds. Pro-choice advocates rally voters with misleading arguments, and as Christians, it is our duty to counter these narratives with truth and compassion. Remember, this is not only about politics. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. The debate has shifted to when instead of should, and now it's time to refocus this conversation. Equip your family and your church with Life is Best, a 13-lesson series that's not just powerful, but a call to action. Order your free digital download and streaming version from the Wretched Store right now. It's available for free during the month of January. You have until January 31st, and we, together, can make a difference. Revelation General revelation is God's act of making himself known through his creation. A part of general revelation is the sensus divinatus, a sense of the divine. God has given every person an undeniable awareness of his existence. There are no true atheists, only rebels in denial of what every person knows to be true. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks, and now back to the campus of Kennesaw State University to Todd and Dylan. Would you say that whatever these sins are that you're digging are better than Jesus Christ, the one who died for sinners? No. But what? I'm, I I don't know. I just know. I just don't want to become a phony. Yeah, like a hypocrite. Because right. I I knew I knew like the, I guess the difference. You know. Well, you don't have to be a hypocrite. Well, I know. I just feel like I would be because I was in high school. You know, I went to a Christian high school. And so, like, I don't know. You have to be, like, really, really fake around teachers and parents and everything. And so, yeah, I, I kind and I also saw, like, other people who would do, like, a lot of bad things and then, like, go to chapel, like, the next day and have their hands up. And they were the ones singing and everything. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, you, like, I, I just don't want to become that. You know what I mean? Or just someone who does nothing. Well... I don't think you have to become that. I think if you actually do believe that Jesus Christ suffered and died in your place, you're not going to follow after him perfectly. Nobody does that. But it's your desire to be obedient. It's not your performance as much as your attitude towards sin, your attitude toward the Savior, that, you know, the lesser things. I'm going to say no to those things. Now, are you going to fall as a Christian? Yes, Christians fall. But Christians don't dive into sin and swim in it. That's a hypocrite. Yeah. But Christians do stumble. We biff it. We do. We still do bad things. But God's mercy is so expansive. Even those things that I'm still going to do in the future that are sinful are forgiven because of Jesus Christ. And that's the knowledge that propels me to say no to the lesser things. Could I do a lesser thing? Sure. We've got the ability to do pretty much what we want to on the planet. But I don't want to because I don't want to be going against the will of the one who died to save me. 
So you don't have to play the hypocrite and you don't have to become perfect. You don't have to give up your desire to sell medical equipment. All of that is fine. The difference is you are doing it because you love God and you're doing it in service to him. So suddenly selling an ultrasound machine, you're providing a good service, but you're doing it for God because of what he's done for you. And it gives your life transcendence and meaning and purpose. It'll also give it direction. It'll help you stay on track and it'll help you to understand the universe and how it operates. So Dylan, you don't have to be a hypocrite, but there's something inside of you that's saying, I still do not want to surrender, correct? Mm. What is it? No idea. I think you do. I, I I really don't. It's just, I I know I'm gonna commit more sin. I'm in college, so it's really, re- like, the temptation is there. So I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. That's still. It's probably that. Mm. Okay, so you've been super honest. Really appreciate it. Maybe I was just a reminder today that Jesus is better than whatever it is that's tempting you. And that when you get to the point where you actually see him as being more amazing than any other fleshly temptation, run to him because he'll receive you. He won't cast you out. He will accept you even though sitting on this bench, you know that he is real and you're refusing to bend the knee. Be careful on that one. Did you ever hear this, this, the, uh, the term blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Yes. That's a, that's, a, that's a not good place to be. Yeah, can you elaborate on that? Well, specifically, they were people like the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They were seeing Jesus' miracles. They knew yeah. that he was the Messiah, and they refused because they didn't want to give up their pleasures and their power. And their hearts were hardening. And they, they could get to a point where their hearts become so hard that God, they, that they, God is done with them. There'll be no more, no more second that you can, you, you can harden your own heart. Remember Pharaoh and Moses, that story? Pharaoh hardened his heart. He saw Moses doing the miracles, but he just didn't want to give up his power and his pleasure, and he didn't want to give up free labor. His heart got hardened. Don't let that happen to you, Dylan. Don't let your heart get hard. Could Pharaoh still be saved? When your heart gets hard, that's the, that's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Knowing Jesus exists, willfully rejecting him, your heart is going to harden. So be careful with delaying and enjoying sin for a season, which I grant you is fun. But if your heart hardens, you could live 50, 60 more years and God's not going to save you because you have rejected him and he has given you the desires of your heart. So just be careful with putting this off. Fair enough? Yeah. Never heard that before. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, that God, he doesn't wait till some people die. He's yeah. just done with them yeah. on this earth. He still lets them live, still provides stuff for them but they are done with any hope of being redeemed. Don't don't become that guy. That's like the point. Like, do they decide? Like, like, let's say Pharaoh, for example, like before he died, like the minute before he died, if he would have said like, I forgive, like God forgive me, whatever, would he have been saved? Yes. Okay. 
I know what you're thinking. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll just wait until the last moment. No, I'm definitely not thinking that. I'm definitely not thinking that. I'm just thinking, like, like at what point are you not saved? Like, are you cast out? You know, the answer is I don't know, but you don't either. It, it's, a, it's, it's usually imperceptible. So if I came back in a year and I bumped into you, there's a chance you might be less receptive to some of the things that I'm saying. You might be less concerned three years from now because apparently you failed some classes and you're still here in five years or whatever and now I sit down with you and you're like dude I don't want to hear it just whatever pack it up okay because your heart has gotten increasingly hardened so the Bible says today is the day of salvation don't delay because you never know when God is going to call your number and you don't want your heart to become hardened and Dylan I think you're being honest. If you know that Jesus Christ is your God who loves you more than your parents, any girlfriend, anybody, he loves you more than all of them put together. Don't let the day pass. Just don't let the day pass. And you don't have to be a hypocrite, okay? You just say no to the lesser thing and you follow after the one who's the better thing. That's all. That's, that's, I'm glad I bumped into you today. Yeah, I really am glad. All right. You're going to be successful in life. You'll do well. But this is a bigger deal. What we're talking about now, way more important. All right. So don't mess with your soul. Don't don't play around with your eternity. Mm. Encourage you maybe to spend some time today thinking about it. Mm. And remember, don't turn to Jesus simply because you're afraid of hell. Turn to Jesus because he's been so kind to save you from hell. Mm. Hear the difference? Yeah. One's a fear-filled convert, the other's a tear-filled convert. That God would die for me when I was, like, rebelling against him. That's what should break you. And that's what should cause you to go, I'm done with those lesser things. One last thought for you, Dylan. In Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches, we use a lot of lingo. We'll say things like, accept Jesus, ask Jesus into your heart say a quick prayer, something like that. The Bible language is repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. The way to be saved, the way to be forgiven is by laying down your sins, turning to Christ, confessing your sins to him, and he promises you all of your sins, the ones you've done, the ones that you're doing now, and the ones that you're gonna do, all forgiven. More than that, He's gonna give you credit for all the right things that he did. He's gonna make you righteous. So you're not just forgiven as a Christian. You are seen as the righteousness of God because Jesus gives you all the credit. So you give Jesus your rap sheet. In exchange, he gives you his resume. And you are seen as like the citizen of the millennium because of Jesus Christ. You've gotta turn from your sins, not in perfection, but in a new direction putting your trust in the better thing, Jesus, and you will be saved. So you probably haven't done that before. I have. I did do that. I just kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe spend some time today thinking about it and talking to God about it. Yeah. That would be a, a good use of your time today. You're a gentleman. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank this is a, This is a treat. You know, Dylan... 
is an extremely honest kid, probably the most transparent and maybe even thoughtful unbeliever I've ever heard. Uh, and look, you may disagree with me, and if you do, that's okay. We can still be friends. But even though Dylan talked about being a hypocrite and wrestling with a desire to sin and not wanting to give up certain things, He's still wrestling, and that's what sticks in my mind. He's still wrestling with these things. And, you know, I'm not a prophet, but I think he may find himself on his knees calling out to God sooner than later. Could I be wrong? Absolutely, I could be wrong, but I certainly don't want to be, and that's certainly the conclusion I'm praying for, and I hope you'll join me in praying that same prayer. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.